Yo, 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 yo. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another live Frisco Report. It's Tuesday night. That means Frisco Report time, babe. What's up, Mike? What's going on, Joe? I hope you're doing well. It's been a busy day for me, and now it's time to talk some football. And uh, we're going to talk about on-the-field activities that begin next Thursday. Amari Cooper is ex- has some high expectations, Joe. 3,000-yard wide receivers. And Mike McCarthy's leadership. There's some gems I want to talk about in that one minute and 30 second clip that the Dallas Cowboys teased us with. I need longer videos from them. They teased us with it. But um, right off the bat, Joe, let's talk about the on the field activities. What's your what's your expectation? What's your thought process? Walk me through what next Thursday could look like. Yeah, next Thursday, I think that you're, you're going to start to see, you know, the on-field. You know, Mike McCarthy revealed the two phase. First phase is going to be all the classwork, you know, getting all these tests done, the COVID, make sure everybody's in the clear and everything like that. Um, and, of course, if there's any last-minute uh, players that want to opt out, and we'll discuss that a little bit further um, in, in the show. But, yeah, man, so on next Thursday, on-field activity, what does this mean? I think you're going to see some players – that are not quite 100% on the sideline doing, you know, stretching and, and working the bands and that kind of thing. But I think they're going to slowly work them into these activities. I don't know that we'll see full-blown seven-on-seven, things like that. I think it's going to be more installation offense over here on the side, receivers, you know, your position groups and this kind of thing. You know, kind of like what we see in training camp pretty much, you know, your coaches, you know, putting the running backs through the – through the drills and wide receivers, tight ends, and then maybe as camp progresses, they do a little bit more seven-on-seven, seven, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right about it. And, you know, they, they you know, Amari Cooper did a press conference, and we'll talk about that later, but, you know, he talked about owning some equipment in his house. Then he talked about getting a gym membership. Uh, then he talked about, you know, working offense with, with C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, some running backs, things like that with Dak Prescott. But it's huge that you ease these players in because maybe some uh, didn't have, uh, you know, that chance or, you know, maybe some family, maybe it's dealing with COVID and family, even maybe they didn't have chance to, you know, work out those hamstrings and those growings and, and the Achilles and, and get all that stuff moving and gradually gel that body back to what football does to the body. And it's hard work down there, Joe. Yeah, and it, it'll be interesting to see players that, that are, you know, on pup right out the gate. You know, we're talking about Tyron Crawford, Don Terry Poe. Um, you know, will, the, will those types of players, are they going to be the ones be on the sideline with the bands and this kind of thing, you know, limited work, that kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to see how that looks. I want to see Connor McGovern, okay? Um, you know, the peck, is he going to be ready to go? I, I'm, I'm assuming he will be, but, you know, you do have players that are coming off of injuries from last season. Are they good, 100% ready to go? That'll be something to keep an eye on. Absolutely. And, you know, Dontarian Poe, Tyron Crawford, you know, these guys are starting the year off pupped. And you talked about Leighton Vanderesh, his neck surgery. Uh, how's he going to look out there? Uh, you just brought up, uh, you know, Connor McGovern's peck. So, you know, a couple surgeries went out. I think Zach Martin had some surgery, too. Connor Williams with that knee surgery. So, you know, players got to gradually get get that rehab behind them, get on that field, and, and grind and get ready for, hopefully, a 16-game season, Joe. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully a uh, 16-game season. 
Um, and this is something that we'll talk about a little bit later in the show as well. But as far as like getting on the field, Jane Slater did reveal that uh, a number of uh, offensive players uh, have been working out consistently at Dak Prescott's house where he built a football field at his house. So you like to hear that. You know, I'm, I'm sure the commissioner and Mike Florio and these kinds of guys are probably, they don't like that kind of thing, you know, getting in groups and things like that. But everybody's around the league. You know, Kyle Murray invited a bunch of his players to come out and practice with him uh, in uh, in the Dallas area, I think it is, you know. Um, so a lot of these players are doing this. So Dak Prescott, leadership, you know, they can't do the uh, the, the wide receiver um, – what is what does he call that? He does this every year where he has all the receivers come out and they all gel together, right? The summit, yeah. the wide receiver summit. Wide so receiver do, summit. You can't do the wide receiver summit because they they use typically they go off and they go somewhere else. Here they're keeping it local at Dak's house. So I love it. I love it. Very good. Yeah, stuff. yeah. When 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 I heard that was going on, you said the first word: leadership out of your quarterback. And you know, Dak. There's a lot of things that didn't go his way. You know, what's securing a long-term bag. Uh, but, you know, that wide receiver summit, getting these guys in here. And, you know, how many – I mean, this wide receiver court's changed so much in the last three years, dare I say. And, you know, that's leadership, getting timing, getting throws down, where these guys are going to be when Dak released that ball. That's huge in the National Football League. Very huge. And leadership. Everybody I, I follow, everybody I look on Twitter – Everybody was quoting Mike McCarthy's, you know, uh, we're going to, he's here to, to win, you know, this is a winning culture. And um, that was the big topic of the week. You know, everybody quoting Mike McCarthy that, you know, uh, everything they do, it's, it's going to be about winning, you know? So I love that. I, I love that. And, and you see that resonate with the players. If you see Tyler Beatish interview, he said the same thing. The message is concrete. Okay, it's clear cut. There's no ambiguity as far as what does this new coach want to do? Um, is this the same old stale message that Garrett was having? None of that is here. Now it's the big leagues here with Mike McCarthy. I love it, man. <laughs> I, I really do. Yeah, we, we talk about the messages. You know, under the last regime, it was the team, the team, the team, respect. Uh, it, it was finish the fight. You know, that took off and, and did its thing. But when, when your head coach comes in there and the first message that he gets to do being physical in-house with his players is everything we're going to do is going to be about winning, that's huge. And he, and, he, and he didn't say on the football field. He said personally. So that means you're going to win off the field. You're going to win on the field. For your, for your head coach, Joe, to go in there and set that mindset, set the mentality of what this is. The team, the team, the team, respect, finish the fight. That got us nowhere. Yeah. We're going to win, and we're going to win, and that's the only thing we're going to do is win. That's concrete. And at the end of that 30-second video the Dallas Cowboys uh, put off there, the last thing he said it goes was, uh, you're good to go, men, you know. Uh, not guys, you know, he called them men. That right there already brings a one-on-one connection because that's a respect thing, Joe. Yeah. 
here and here's uh, talking about this. Here's a, here's a good question here from Monty Monte, one of our regulars. Appreciate you, man. How quickly can we expect this team to get on the same page with McCarthy, Mike? Defense and offense. Uh, Amari Amar Cooper, you know, it, it, they, the reporters ask him that question, but obviously for offense, and he said, I, "If if I had a play, I'm ready." You know, it all depends on the players, right? They've had this playbook for a long time. You know, have they studied this playbook? Have they learned their new assignments at each position on defense, at each position on offense? Uh, with, with Dak being that leader we just talked about and running that wide receiver summit with running backs and tight ends and stuff, I don't think it'll take long. There's a lot of Zoom meetings that took place that we never saw. And uh, that sets foundation. That gives rookies like C.D. Lamb, um, you know, rookies like Trayvon Diggs, you know, to process things mentally. So when you get on that field and do it physically, it, it, it catches so much better. So I don't think it will take too long. Um, but and again, all NFL, all, all 31 other teams are at this disadvantage also. But to answer your question, uh, Monte, I don't think it will take long. What do you think, Joe? No, I don't think it will either. They've been working on this, you know, through the offseason. Like you said, all all 31 other teams beside the Cowboys are, um, you know, experiencing the same type of, um, issues with, with COVID and it's a new era of, of coaching and getting your team up to, up. and um, I think this was the perfect time to bring in a coach like Mike McCarthy, you know, has the experience to get through these types of issues. He's seen everything in the league. Um, so I'm moving by the Cowboys and you like everything you're hearing about, you know, the players, you know, uh, everybody's, you know, doing what they need to do to, to get this thing rolling. And uh, I, I really do like that about Dak. I love the confidence from Martin Cooper. He said he want, he, they expect 3,000 yard receivers. So, you, you know, that's talking about him, you know, uh, Michael Gallup and CD lamb. So Mike lofty goals, Amari Cooper says, that's what he expects. That's what they expect. What do you, what do you think about that notion there? It's not, it, it's very possible to achieve that goal. Michael Gallup busted out a thousand yards. Amari Cooper a thousand yards, and Randall Cobb was only what three hundred yards away from a thousand yards. Um, so, and and there was some bad play calling that Randall Cobb even could have got a thousand yards. But you add the addition of, of a guy like Ceedee Lamb, who's fluent uh, in route running, as Amari Cooper said, he has that great foundation of learning, and and he he knows how to run routes. Um, it, it might be a little easier, I, and I don't. I don't want to sound cocky because that's my team. But you look how deadly CD Lamb was at Oklahoma. We already know what Amari Cooper can do, and Michael Gallup in his yeah. second year got a thousand yards. I don't see a fall off from anybody. This is possible, Joe. Yeah, it's definitely possible, and um, it, and it all connects back to if this if this offense is as explosive as we believe it's to be and what some of these players obviously believe it's going to be as well obviously you know that you probably don't say that but I, I love hearing that from Amari Cooper and uh you you know now it's time to back it up and I think they will you know Dak Prescott these guys working out off season now they're going to put it on the field and get to work um I love it I love I love all this talk right now but it is yeah. talk you know yeah, and, and it is. And, you know, that's why I say I don't I don't want to get cocky. You know, I, I don't want to take yeah. – uh, I don't want to drink the Kool-Aid, as everyone calls it, yeah. um, you know, in Mike McCarthy, in Mike Nolan, 
in Al Harris, in Bones Fossil. You know, Greg Zerline, I mean, we could talk about they, they cut uh, Kai Forbath, Joe. There's no there's no kicker competition. Um, you know, what do you think yeah. about Greg Zerline and that chemistry uh, with Bones Fossil? Yeah, I mean, I think this was a move that, that uh, Fossil had in the back of his head when he came in here. And, um, yeah, it, w- it was a – it was a foregone conclusion for me. Was there going to be a competition at the end of the day? I don't think so. You know, it was going to be, that's his boy. You know, that, that's Zerline. Um, he knows what he can do. And, um, but, you know, Kai Forbath, pretty, he did pretty good for us. You know, I, I, I liked him. So no more Cobra Kai. Now it's Zerline time, baby. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was no kick, kick a three-year deal for a kicker. That's pretty much set in stone. Um, and then, you know, Kai Forbath did some great things for us. What was he, 10 for 10 for us uh, when, when we got rid of Maher? Um, no more money, Maher. And, uh, <laughs> he was and uh, yeah, Maher was so bad. <laughs> but, you know, Kai Forbath, he, he, he got his guaranteed signing bonus, which was, was $130,000. So he didn't even yeah, step right, on a practice yeah. field and got paid. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he got paid. But the writing was on the wall. You know, three-year deal, $7.5 million for Zerline. I mean, they weren't going to bring him here and just, you know, cut him right around uh, just like that. So interesting take there. Um, other players that have been um, released, I guess you could say, or, or opting out, actually. We're talking about opting out here. Um, Jamiz. Alawale, the fullback, my, you know, they had high expectations for him last season. You know, they said that they were going to use him in the passing game. Then when they threw him the ball, he dropped the ball. So they didn't really utilize him like we thought he would. Not physical, not the glass eater that Keith Smith was when he left over to Oakland. Um, but now you get, uh, you know, it, it's pretty much going to be Sheo uh, Alanulawala. <laughs> <laughs> You did better yeah. than me. I'm horrible at pronouncing no. names. And actually, that wasn't even a good attempt. I, I, my apologies. I, but you know who I'm talking about, Shewa from uh, the Horn Frogs. It's pretty much his job to lose, right? So, um, unless they bring in a veteran in here, Mike, what's your thought on this? This whole the fullback is it something that they, you know we should even talk about, or do you think Mike McCarthy is going to utilize that position in, in his offense? Yeah, Mike McCarthy will definitely utilize the fullback position in his offense. It's a classic West Coast offense. You, you look at all the West Coast offenses, what do they got, Joe? They got a fullback, all right? And you, you look at what he did uh, in Green Bay. Uh, he had fullbacks in Green Bay, and I can't think of his name right now. Somebody help me out. John um, Coon. There you go, Coon. I wanted to say Chung, but I knew it wasn't right. Uh, you know, Coon. So, you and Zeke does better with a fullback. Let, 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 let's be real with that. He he actually does really well with fullbacks blocking for him. You know, hitting that most dangerous linebacker in an ISO formation. So uh, fullbacks will be a key factor in a Mike McCarthy offense. Joe, there we go. Ninja nuts. He's got the phonetic uh, pronunciation there. Let's all try to say this together. Oh, Lynn. There you go. Yeah, man. Mike Alston, one of the greatest fullbacks. If they could get somebody like in that kind of end, like a Moose Johnston, uh, even Kuhn was, was like that, or, you know, an Alsta like, like our, our subscriber there, Joseph said. So um, it's, it's, it, I think it's a great 
thing for the Cowboys to get younger there at the position, especially that, you know, that he didn't, you know, Jimmy's just didn't really get it done there. And maybe that's why they didn't really utilize him. They didn't, maybe they didn't trust him there. Um, but uh, I think if you, if you expect this offensive line to be better um, and then you add a fullback into the, and what I like about Shea is he has that, ability to catch it out of the backfield. So he has that capability and uh, he'll get in there and make blocks. You know, he, he's not the most vicious blocker when I, when I broke down his tape, but you know, he's, he's not going to be uh, like Jamie's. I think he's an upgrade, you know, in my opinion. Yes, he's a rookie. Yes, he's undrafted, but uh, you do have to sprinkle in some of these players to get your team going. You know, I mean, that's just what it is. Yeah. This, this is the challenge of COVID and, uh, you know, Jamie's opt out for whatever reason, and uh, that contract will roll in over the next year. So we could potentially see him, you know, in 2021. But Ola could, uh, you know, develop something uh, and, and maybe just say, Jamie's, go ahead and just give me that key card. You're not even welcome back. Yeah. So he, yeah, Jamie's opted out, and I think that was. Maybe maybe the writing was on the wall for him that he knew he wasn't going to win this position out. So let me just let me chill here for the season, and get my money, and uh, rock and roll from there. But yeah, yeah, interesting interesting take there. A um, couple of other players, uh, Savion Smith. You know he's on the COVID exemption list. Tested along positive, with, yeah, yeah, tested positive along with John V. Johnson. But I think John V. is pretty close to coming back. I think he's uh, he should be hitting that that 14 day, uh, you know, limit already. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if he comes back negative, but, uh, you know, you're seeing a lot of this around the league. There's no crazy outbreaks, Mike, but you are seeing, you are seeing outbreaks in MLB. Okay. So and my question to you is this, is the NFL prepared to, to tackle on a type of issue like the MLB. You know, MLB, uh, some, a lot of these teams, Marlins, Cardinals, they got uh, affected, had to postpone games, don't have enough players to even play a game. What's your thought on, on is the NFL ready for this? They are if the players are, Joe. And let me break this down for you, right? They, they have the high-risk clause, right, where they can't do a lot of things with 15 or more people. Um, and they're trusting these guys, leave the facility, wear your mask, go home, sanitize, whatever. You know what I mean? And this is the life these guys got to live until there's a vaccine for COVID-19. And MLB, I mean, they're traveling. Uh, they're, they're playing, like, what, three games a week almost. So there, there's a lot of exposure for baseball players. Um, and not so much with – football players because they can stay in house board this plane up go uh you know to uh, whatever stadium they're going to play at board back on and do the same routine when when, when they touch down um because you know, they only play once a week and uh, that that's great uh and all but it's all up to players and they have to really uh consider you know how much money they want to make this year because one bad mistake. I mean, we looked at Doug Peterson, who tested positive in the National Football League. Well, you know, what kind of message will that send to Philly players? Um, you know, how, how did he even get it? How, how is he not being cautious? And he's a head coach, right? So it, it's all on coaches, players, medical staff, owners. Um, I don't even know if they'll let cheerleaders in the building. I, I, I don't know. But 
it's it's a collective. Do you want to talk about football's teamwork? Football makes the dream work. This right here is the true test to that statement, Joe, because everybody has to be on the same page. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't be selfish in this thing where you go out and go to a club or go to something and get exposed. And and Texas, as you guys know, if you, if you live anywhere in Texas, uh, you know, the, the exposure's through the roof in Dallas and Houston and the major major cities. So uh, hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll be good. Um, speaking of, here's a good question by Izzy Prado. Could we see a bubble season, for instance, four, four times, let's see, four games in the division only? Okay, four games in division. Can we see a bubble season? So, Mike, I'll let you take this one here, Mike. Good question, Izzy. Well, we we, we got what the NBA is playing in a bubble. Is hockey playing in a bubble? That I'm I'm not sure. I I'm not really. I don't really follow hockey. Well, I'll just let's just use NBA because I know they're they're playing in a bubble, right? It's working for them, and they play just as many games as baseball uh, players do. So we know that isolating, bubbling, players, coaches, medical staff, it's working. And I think if the NFL kind of lets this – let's say COVID gets a little out of control in the league, you might see them start pedaling back and maybe develop a bubble. Um, but it, 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 we probably won't see it now uh, because the NFL PA and the NFL, I mean, they can't, I mean, they've been chopping at the bit with agreements and, and new rules and uh, all, all, all kinds of crazy stuff, right? With, with the practice squad being 16 players and, and, and just all, and it, that right there even helps the rookies. But if there's going to be a bubble, things really have to go south against the shield. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And um, is it possible? I think it could be possible. You know, um, there was rumblings that the NFL is actually kind of low-key discussing regional bubbles as, as a fallback. So um, it's not something that they're that they're hoping they have to do. But, you know, like, like Izzy says, four games in the division only, that would be kind of a bubble. Now, if they're talking about regional bubbles, the Cowboys, you know, wouldn't really fit that, that thing because if you think of the NFC East, everybody's up in the Northeast, <laughs> you know, Washington, football, <laughs> uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the New York Giants, and we're down here in the south in Texas. So um, would they realign the schedule or rearrange the schedule? So we'll have to see what happens. I think they're going to take take this week by week and see how everybody does in camp and everything like that. And um, But um, – I think for the NFL, you know, it's, it's a full go. They want to get the 16 games in playoffs and everything like that. So we'll see what happens. Great question, Izzy. Appreciate you, man. And, but yeah, I mean, as someone said in there, I trust the NFL to be very careful uh, about the safety during COVID. I assume they've been looking at NBA and, and Major League Baseball. This is from Zachary King. Uh, thank you for that, Zachary King. And, and and I agree. I mean, this is a multi-billion dollar industry. They, they got the world's most expensive franchise, according to Forbes magazines, and the Dallas Cowboys in the whole entire world, right? The NFL, if there's going to be a league in the United States that's going to get this right, it has to be the NFL. It just has to be. There's too much money involved here. Yeah, and if they don't, it's going to be an embarrassment, you know, because you have the, you know, the biggest, some of the top, uh, 
you know, um, franchises in all of sports are in the NFL. You know, you're talking about the Cowboys. I think they came in and Forbes like five billion dollars now. Five point five, yeah. Yeah, it was the Yankees. Yeah, there was a crazy yeah. list. Lot, lots of money yeah. on yeah. there. Giants are in there. The Patriots in there. Like the we have several of the NFL franchises in that top fifteen that are in there. So, you know, pretty pretty amazing. Um, that's why I say. Why do they want to do this thing about cutting the salary cap and this and that? These guys have billions of dollars. It's a bunch of bull for me. I mean, you got the TV deals and this kind of thing. I, I get it. But um, anyway, let's look at some questions here in the chat box, everybody. Appreciate everybody that showed them here, showing out in the chat box. Got a lot of great conversation. Let's see what we got here. Here's one here. Monte Monte again. Do you think Dak is going to end up getting paid or are they going to write it out and wait to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers? Well, ironically, when the Packers season ends, it'll be before Cowboys. So they're already going to know what's happening with Aaron Rodgers. I'm being cocky there. I don't know if you picked that up or not, but <laughs> they're going to know what happened to Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, and Dak, Dak has everything going for him, right? The offensive line, the running back. Blake Jarwin, how's he developing uh, as that hybrid tight end-esque, right? And then we just talked about what the three wide receivers' expectations are. Uh, Dak's going to get paid, uh, and he's going to get paid heavily compensated pay uh, because uh, the sky's the limit, Joe. Yeah, I think so. I think at the end of the day, you know, just, I mean, something catastrophically would have to happen for the Cowboys not to do well this season, you know. They, they showed that they were able to do it with Garrett, and they just needed the coach and a couple little pieces in place to get you over that hump. Um, I like what they've done on defense, but you you want to keep your guys that you draft, right? You you want to raise your guys up and, and, and pay your own players. That's kind of been what the Cowboys do. You know, they draft, they draft well, so they got to pay their players. You know, that's why when free agency season comes every year, you get fans that are so, you know, um, in upheaval about, hey, why aren't we spending money? Why aren't we grabbing this other guy, high-priced guy? Well, you know, we're, we're paying our own guys. Now, obviously, there are some that we would love to get in here. But at the end of the day, Cowboys, they have been drafting better than a lot of the league. So, you're giving these big contracts to players like Zach Martin, um, Amari Cooper, and these types of uh, cornerstone players, right, Mike? Oh, cornerstone ain't even the words for a guy like an all-pro like Zach Martin. Um, <clears throat> you know, th these guys. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Dak's going to get paid. I, I, Donnell Jenkins uh, said, you know, Dak looks slim too. And, uh, you know, he, he – that might be a little faster this year. Who knows? I mean, he does look a little slim. Now, pick pitchers and angles, you know, that they can fool the eye. Um, but it, it, it's, you know, when Dak's up there, uh, because, you know, when they, they showed the veterans media day, Dak looked the same size in that angle. Then they took a picture with the shirt off, and he looked a lot slimmer in that angle. So you really won't kind of know what, what Dak's size is till you start seeing uh, some things with, with pads on and him running around. So you kind of get like a 3D uh, view of him. Uh, but that, that's a baller. We just talked about his leadership. I, I think he's going to get paid. Yeah, a great comment here by Daniel Jenkins. Dak looks slim too. Yeah, he sure does. You know, you, you look at him in, in the uh, 
you know, the, the media pictures and things that they're doing for the team. He looks lean. He looks cut. I mean, this guy, he's not playing around. He's going to get that bag, man. <laughs> I know he's he's going to get that money. Uh, I saw another one here. Uh, yeah, here was a, here's a great question here from Asmodos. Uh, what are your thoughts on Dwayne The Rock Johnson buying the XFL, Mike? I think it's an interesting topic here. I I think it's a, a former wrestler bailing out his old boss. Uh, Vince McMahon lost a lot of money running XFL. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know how uh, – what what is it, four partnerships? I know there's a girl, uh, a Garcia lady that just, you know, got involved being the first lady to own a, a, a sports franchise or be a part of a force. So there, there's a lot of moving parts to that. Uh, I know Dwayne's pigeon was $15 million. That's a lot of dough. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think it's really good for, uh, you know, Vince McMahon. I think it's really good, you know, for The Rock. And it takes all those XFL rights away from Vince so he can get back into what he really does best. And that's um, WWE acting, all that other good stuff that they do over there on that side of pro wrestling. Fifteen million dollars. I mean, The Rock probably could have really bought this on his own without the investor. Investor, but the investors are really the the part that drive this moving forward. You know, they're able to to land these, uh, you negotiate these deals. You know, TV deals, sponsors, and this kind of thing. So it'll keep the, you know, hopefully they'll. This is the third time's a charm for XFL. You know, so I liked it. I think it's good. I, it was enjoyable for me. You know, whenever football season's over. It's brutal. If there's still uh, another league in here and they're, you know, they are using some NFL players, you know, they're trying to get a second shot in the league. So it was fun, man. I, I liked it. It, it was, it was a shame that the COVID came in here and ruined it, man, to be honest. And, and the rocks make it a lot of money moves too. Uh, I don't know if you, if he, if you tried his new tequila, Terramana, the stuff is really good. It, it, it's real smooth. Uh, it don't kick, you know, real hard. We're not getting paid for saying this, but the Terramana tequila that Dwayne made, it's good stuff. Yeah. So he's making he's making money moves. Yeah. I like this question here from Joseph Sandberg. Appreciate you, bro. Do you think there will be two new stars on the O-line? I love this question. Mike, what do you think about this one here? At the end of the – towards midway point of the season, maybe. It, it would be uh, Tyron Smith. Then it would be uh, – uh, Connor, no, I, I guess that would just be one. Connor McGovern, excuse me, Connor Williams, a lot of Connors here. Uh, Beatish, Martin, and Lyle Collins. So I'm just going to predict one, not two. Tyron Smith, I was about to say, are you, do you have that Dwayne Johnson tequila there on the bottom over there next to you? <laughs> what happened? What did I do? You said Tyron Smith. Um, but yeah. Who would the two new starters be? Yeah, I think Connor McGovern could be one. Tyler Beatish for sure. Um, but like like Mike said, I think eventually, you know, during the, during the season, Joe Looney probably has that shot there to start the season. But uh, you know, but you never know. You know, Tyler Beatish is he's a pretty good player. You know, we can't just come in here and think that oh, you know, he's he's not going to compete and. He could win the he could win that job. McGovern and, and Williams at the left guard. I think that's going to be an interesting battle. Um, and McGovern may even get a shot there at center. So we'll keep an eye on that. But two new starters on the old line. Yeah, I, I definitely see it. Great question, Joseph. Appreciate it. 
Yes, sir. What else we got in here? You smell what the rock is cooking, right? It's a people's eyebrow. <laughs> the people's tequila. I smell NFL expansion. So this this is a great uh, comment, okay? Because when is the last time the NFL did expand? You know, it's been a long time. Yeah, let's see if we can think back. What was it? It was the Jacksonville and the Panthers. Is that who it was? Was it the Texans? Texans? Was it the Texans? Hmm. Actually, maybe it was because they moved to Tennessee. They got the team in, what was it, 2001? 2001? I remember that game. Cowboys got embarrassed. It was was Hmm. an embarrassment. Dave Campo was still – yeah, so, yeah, it was pre-Parcells. So, yeah, I think it was 2000, 2001. But, um, yeah, it could be. But, um, you know – could the NFL want to get more protect themselves from another type of situation like this with revenue and that kind of thing? Expanding the NFL would make a lot of sense, and that's a great comment, okay? Because uh, definitely these guys they make billions of dollars for a reason, you know they're they're, they're they have something up their sleeve, so I, I wouldn't doubt that at, at some point, you know they got to be discussing it. Now, my question would be, who would get the expansion team? Any cities out there that kind of pop off to your mind? Yeah, San Antonio would be one for sure. That's Cowboys uh, country, baby. That ain't happening. Uh, hey, you, you asked me a question. I gave you an answer there. San Antonio um, could could uh, could see something. Um, I don't know. Maybe Oakland brings somebody back over there. Yeah. You know, maybe San That'd Diego brings some back. St. Louis brings somebody back. St. Louis. That'd be interesting. No, um, what what state don't have a, a football team? Wyoming, Portland, Oregon. That would be interesting. You know, you got You have an NBA team there, Portland Trailblazers, Portland, Oregon. Why not? Let's do it. You know, let's get another one of these, you know, Northwest teams in there. You know, Zachary King comes back with one. He says, "Do you think Ceedee Lamb will live up to the number eighty-eight expectation?" Ooh. Will he outshine Cooper? Wow. Take that one away, Joe. Love this question. Great, great catch there, Mike. Um, do you think he'll live up to any expectation? That yeah, the expectation is always supremely high, you know. And uh Antonio Bryant, you know, he gave it a shot, didn't look good, and, and that was kind of one where you're like, ah man, I, we shouldn't have gave him that number, but CD Lamb, he's a better prospect to me. Um, and I think that he'll I think he will. I think he'll live up to expectation. He just has this vibe, this feel that he could be a potential NFL superstar. You know, it could be even right out the gate. You know, um, I broke this down in the video a while back about rookie receivers. What do they do in the league and the number 88 and this kind of thing? If you missed that, go check that video out. Um, but can he outshine Cooper? That's a tall order. Um, I'm going to say no, not the first season. But, uh, you know, I w- actually, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he makes a push there to, to outshine all these guys, man. I mean, like I said, I, I just have this feeling he has this superstar potential. What, what do you think, Mike? Yeah, uh, I, I think the expectation, I mean, let, let's talk about it. You know, you, you talked about the original AB there. Uh, but, uh, you know, 
Percy Harvin, you know, set the stage there. Then we talk about Michael Irvin. And then, uh, not Percy Harvin. What am I saying? Jude Pearson. That Dwayne Rock Johnson tequila. Hey, break it out, man. Don't hide it. <laughs> Jude Pearson, the original. Hey, hey, what is going on here? Ah. <laughs> All right, Jude Pearson. At least I caught it, right? Drew Pearson. Uh, then we talk about Michael Irvin. Uh, and then, you know, you talk about the original AB there. And then, we, you know, Des Bryant. Now, you know, we, we did Des Bryant really live up to it? You know, yeah, he had some good seasons, but he had four years of drought after 2014, dare I say. And, you know, he got cut and, you know, he didn't get picked up right away. So the expect, I, I think there's really no expectation for CeeDee Lamb. He has to build his own legacy wearing that 88 and and the legacy Michael Irvin bought brought to the Cowboys was I mean he Michael Irvin told a story he said uh congratulations you know you guys uh tell your parents you're you're a wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys but let them know that I catch the footballs around here you know that that was Michael Irvin's legacy and I think CeeDee Lamb has to kind of build his own you know Des Bryant was the X right Throw up the X. I think C.D. Lamb needs to come in here, mold his own craft, mold this own 88, and make it his own because C.D. Lamb's different than Drew Pearson. He's different than Michael Irvin, and he's definitely different than Dez. I think he can really shape number 88. Yeah, that, that was a great question, man. I appreciate that, Zachary. Um, yeah, Percy that, Harvin. <laughs> yeah. So that was funny, man. <laughs> Great, great conversation in the chat box, everybody. Keep those questions coming in here. Uh, really great, great stuff in here. Love it. Uh, uh, Rick, Rick Ray's, uh, he said, uh, McCarthy assembled perhaps one of the better coaching staff in, in, the, in the NFL, all except Nolan a, a, as a DC. Um, what, what is your take on uh, Nolan, Joe? Yeah, no, and and this 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 the quite honest truth on Nolan is his success as a as a defensive coach coordinator has been early in his career, uh, earlier in his career. You know, you're talking about like the '90s, this kind of thing, late '90s. Um, not so much on the back half of his career here. You know, we we did get him from uh, New Orleans, from, uh, from New Orleans, the Saints. He was a positional coach, but um, you know, he does have the experience and that kind of thing, and. You know, he's kind of been plagued by bad teams. So it's 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 kind of one of those things where you look at the success he had early in his career, right? And then you kind of look at some of the situations he's been in over the last couple ones. Now, I think he's back on track there with with the Saints. You know, pretty good defense pretty much. A um, lot of experience. And it can't be any. It can't be worse than than what we had right now, man. You know, we were feeling a top fifteen defense with Marinelli, the Christian Shard show, you know, and and all the the things that we're starting to find out after the fact. So, um, I like the staff. Uh, Nolan, I think is that is a little bit of a question mark to be to be uh, truthful, right? So, uh, a great question, Rick. I do I do like that one. What do, what do you think, Mike? Well, I think it's a really good question, and that's why I wanted to find it and, and talk about it. Uh, you know, he, he, he was a head coach for the San Francisco 49ers in 05, 06, 07, and he got fired in 08, right? Uh, 
Yeah. Um, and, and then, I mean, and it, he kind of had some rocky starts after that. He went to the Broncos for a second stint there um, to be a defensive coordinator. And in in they ran a 3-4 defense. And, you know, they won uh, in 1998. You know, they won that Super Bowl, right? Because uh, this is a second stint. They won it back in 98 at, with the Denver Broncos. Um, and then, you know, he was a defense coordinator with Miami, who's don't even have that high of a market because the talent just ain't there. Uh, Atlanta Falcons in 2012, you know, I think that was before Matty Ice, wasn't it? Or was that with Matty Ice? I can't remember. But Matty Ice, if there was Matty Ice in 2012, you know, he was young. You know, that, that defense was, you know, still young there too. And then, you know, the San Diego Chargers as a linebackers coach, uh, you know, San Diego has invested a lot in their defensive ends, a lot in their back end. Um, and then the the 2017, the New Orleans Saints, you know, he was there up until now with the Cowboys. But I, I, I think he really hasn't had that much talent for a long time, even with, yeah. when he was in San Francisco as a head coach. So it's kind of hard to judge him. He has talent now. Chris Richard had talent. We had high expectations for Chris Richard, and he fell flat on his face. Mike Nolan has the talent. He runs the talent. He don't just run a, a position group. He runs the talent. And he has a lot of it. And uh, I think it will be a fair handshake to see what he does with this defense now because his resume, there really wasn't a lot to go off of. Nah, yeah, you, you make a great point there, Mike. And you know um, what, what, I, what I like, too, about it, he's a defensive coordinator, but I think he has put good, uh, solid coaches around him. You know, the safety coach from A&M, uh, Al Harris at the cornerback position. I think if you surround yourself around great coaches like that, um, you have a, a really good shot at this. Uh, infuse the talent. And we needed to get bigger in the middle of this defense, and we finally got – you know this um, that that scheme is in place. You know they got they got some players in here to get it going with McCoy and Poe, but then you bring in Gallimore, see if Tristan Hill can come around. So I love that. Asmodos, appreciate that, buddy. Appreciate that donation there. The lunatic, appreciate you, man. Our defense will be aggressive and playing with a lead. That will be huge in twenty twenty. Number six, yeah, I love I, that. I, Play with the lead. I, I yes for our defense, but it's even going to be better with our offense being aggressive, not playing field goal matches. You know, not not playing nail biters each and every Sunday, every once in a while Monday and Thursday, right? Mike McCarthy set the stage. Everything we're going to do is going to be about winning. God, I love that. And I want this offense to be aggressive. If the offense is aggressive, your defense, then go over there, clip their nails. Oh, oh, we got to go back out. Let's, let's go get a three and out for our offense. Offense goes out there and just keeps pounding them with Zeke. He's pounding them with CeeDee Lamb, Jar, uh, Jarwin, and, and Michael Gallup, and, and Amari Cooper, right? If, this, if, if Mike Nolan plays this right, Joe, this defense could have some easy work, but it all starts with that offense. Yeah, I, I think the defense is going to be in great shape. You know, we've been in top 15 last two seasons. Bring in this uh, revamp that D-line, which we really need. Let your linebackers go to town. 
you know, free free them up, go sideline to sideline. They're not going to get blown up at the second level. So, I mean, the defense is looking on the up. You know, I don't know. Maybe people are kind of sleeping on them or kind of forgetting about the sleeping giant that might be our defense, right? Um, it could be. It could be the sleeping giant. I mean, everybody's talking offense, offense, and, yeah, it's exciting to talk about it. Pollard, Coop, C.D. Lamb, Dag Z. I mean, it, it's fully loaded. So let's not forget about this defense. Uh, I can't wait to see what they do. Joseph, I love what Tom Sula can do. He's he's going to be a great addition to really, you know, bring back uh, Alden Smith into the fray. And then you get Alden Smith clicking with the Marcus Lawrence. Watch out, man. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. You know, I hope we start sacking the heck out of everybody, you know? Yeah. Uh, pretty excited to see what James Andrew Tomsula can do. And, you know, we talked about Mike Nolan's resume. This guy had, had was, was coaching uh, for an NFL Europe team a long, long time ago. So he, he's seen a lot of football in a lot of different places. Talk about Alden Smith. Uh, you know, he can help Tank Lawrence because Tank Lawrence just has one move. He hops, shimmy shanks, and gets around. Uh Tom Sula can help with that, develop that. Um, and then, you know, Gerald McCoy, Don Perry, Don Terry, and Paul, these veterans. Tom Sula can really help this D-line. And, hell, even if we get Randy Gregory back, that's really going to help. Yeah. And the, the Randy Gregory situation, obviously there's no update on that. You know, we did have one from uh, – who was it that had an update on him? It didn't sound good, but it's almost sounded like that. That news that, that was not good. It's kind of looking like it's not, you know, because we're already here at, at training camp and there's been no re reinstatement. There's been no word on Randy Gregory. So, you know, is no word good or is that bad? <laughs> you have to kind of look at that. I think they're just going to roll with what they got, man. And, you know, that 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 ship may have sailed on, on Gregory. I mean, I think he would have been in here by now. So we'll see what happens there. Great point, Joe. Jason Purvis, do you think Jason Garrett will give away all our secrets and hurt us? There's no secrets. There's no secrets because the only thing Jason Garrett has really because Kellen Moore ain't gonna text him and tell him what we're doing, right? The only thing Garrett has on us is he he scouted these players he drafted a lot of these players except what mike mccarthy just drafted right but all teams if they got a good scouting department they already know what jason garrett knows because they've seen the same thing right so there's really not a lot jason garrett can do he can't go uh to that special teams coordinator what's his name uh not that he used to be a special teams coordinator now he's their head coach but he just can't go run to him um judge and, and say, oh, the Cowboys, because if their scouting department did their homework right, everybody should already know what, what Jack Prescott's strengths and weaknesses are, you know, what Trayvon Diggs' strengths and weaknesses are. You know what I mean? Ha-ha, Clinton Diggs. What, there's not a lot Jason Garrett can, can go tell um, that people don't already know because it's already on tape. It's already in their, in their draft profile. And, yeah, I, I agree with that. And then the other thing, too, is that – um, uh, it's just my McCarthy is not going to come out here and roll out the same plays, you know. Uh, the way I see this going, yeah, Kellen Moore is the you know offensive coordinator, he's got the title, 
But, you know, they're going to have the headset. Mike, you're going to be Kellen Moore. <laughs> I'm going to be Mike McCarthy. It's going to go like this. Run it here. Give me a run play. <laughs> That's how it's going to go. <laughs> All right, Dak. Mike McCarthy wants to run it. We're going to call ISO flat blitz on right. Ready and go. That's how it's going to go. I, I really do believe that's how it's going to go. Mike McCarthy's still going to say, this is what I want to do here. Give me a play. You know, so, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid of that at all. And they're going to spice it up. You know, it's I'm, there will be some similarities, but you're going to see a better execution, better preparedness, and that kind of thing. But, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting question, Jason. Appreciate the question. Very interesting uh, question. Thank you, Jason. What else do we have here in the chat box? Appreciate everybody that is on here. Uh, make sure you, you hit like on this video, guys. If you're in the chat room and you're enjoying this content conversation, hit like on this video. Helps out the channel immensely. Let's see what we Haley. got here. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Haley94 Ware said, do you think Kellen Moore has more insight on Garrett than vice versa? Right? Because Kellen Moore, being a quarterback coach, and then being an offensive coordinator, he really had to pick Jason Garrett's brain on developing a game plan, what to call in what situations, right? Mm -hmm. So he's pretty much soaked up all he can as a quarterback, as a QB coach, and as an OC under Jason Garrett. I don't know. Mm -hmm. He picked a lot of pieces of Jason Garrett's Princeton brain. That's a good point, I think. What you thinking? Yeah, it is. That's a great one, Haley. Uh, so, yeah, because you can go into that defensive coordinator room, and all the teams do this. You know, they work with all the coaches, but you can go in here. This is what Jason Garrett's going to do, and this is how we shut him down. <laughs> it's going to be it's gonna be fun to watch, though. Like, I'm very, very intrigued by, by this, you know, Garrett with the Giants and uh, – you know, how that situation is going to work out. Is it going to be a bust? You know, a lot of these coaches that have left the nest of Bill Belichick have all pretty much been complete, utter busts. So can this coach break that? The special teams coach. What's his name? Joe Judge? Or what is his name? I forget his yeah, name. Yeah, Joe Judge. Joe yeah, Judge. Joe Judge. So we'll see. But that's a great question. Um, yeah, I think we would. You're, that's a great point. It really is. I do like that. We'll see what else we got here in the chat box. We got a lot of great stuff going on here. Kellen Moore has a huge inventory of plays. Haley's back with another comment. I mean, he did have some explosive offenses at Boise City. What did he throw, like 50 touchdowns like two years in a row or something like that? That's crazy offense. That and I think that's why he wanted to stay here because you're gonna he's gonna he's gonna get more of this legitimate West Coast indoctrination. You know, it's gonna be learning West Coast fundamentals and that kind of thing. With uh, with Garrett, it wasn't West Coast. You know, they they try. It's more like the North Turner or Zampezi, this type of of uh, you know stale offense. Yeah, he, I mean the execution. So yeah, if you're killing more, you you definitely you wanted to stay here and and learn from one of the best offensive minds. You know, Mike McCarthy. That's just what it is. You know, I I know that there's some people out there that that think it's a conspiracy that uh, 
it's Jerry Jones meddling and this and that that he wants to keep more in here, and I, I don't see it that way. What, what do you think about that, Mike? Yeah, I, I think he has a lot of uh, plays in, in, in his playbook. I mean, the, you, you talk to – I mean, any, any, any quarterback that's played with them, uh, anybody that Kellen Moore's coached, they'll tell you that this guy has an offensive mind, live and bleed, sleep, all that crap football mind x's and o's it's like the little giants right when he said uh i want you to come help out the team but i don't want you to play and he goes uh i want you to be creative with plays he's like how creative and he came out with some some play the fumble ruski from john madden right the little giants i watched that last night so it's coming to mind but that's kellen moore that little kid with the clipboard you know yeah. and uh that's just what he does Izzy Prado's going here. Should Zeke break Emmett's TD record? So, I'm 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 assuming he's he's talking about Emmett's season record of what was it, 25 touchdowns in a season, right? And I think LT Ladanian Tomlinson broke that one. But do you think that would be possible, Mike? Do you think that Zeke could get 25 rushing touchdowns and break Emmett's season franchise record in one season? It's hard to do it in in this football. You know, Ladanian Tomlinson was fortunate enough to still be uh, a running back heavy loaded roster, right? Yeah. Uh, with Zeke here, I mean, you talk about Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper being 1,000 yards. Now we're talking about adding C.D. Lamb into that mix of being 1,000 yards. I mean, well, I go back to 2014 with Tony Romo, right? DeMarco Murray just had 16 touchdowns that year, and he led the NFL in rushing too. Um, and so I, I think in this day and age in, in the National Football League, I think it's really hard to do that. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, I, I agree. I mean it's uh it's a it's a high number to break. You know, Emmett had that number for, for a bit until LT broke it. But you know, all records can be broken. But uh just in this offense with this the way we're built right now, I, I just don't see it happening. Um it would it would take some kind of um it would have to be one of those magical type of seasons which you know, you never know. <laughs> we definitely need a magical type of season. If we have one, that means we probably got to the Super Bowl and we probably won it. So, and um, you you need those types of numbers. You know, you you need big numbers to to make that run. And uh, twenty five touchdowns by Emmett. You know, I think that might have been one of those Super Bowl seasons, if, if I remember correctly. Jared Garrett, oh. <laughs> Jason Garrett stinks. That's a funny comment. <laughs> Um, but let's talk about Jarwin real quick. OJ eleven oh one says, "Do you do you think uh, Jarwin will be a top five or ten tight end this year?" A top five? I don't think he'll be a top five, but um, got a lot of um, a lot of offense. A lot, a lot of we, we kind of talked about this before. How do you how do you get him the numbers right? Because if you're gonna want to get it to your receivers, your Ferraris, you know, how do you get the ball to to the Volvo, <laughs> right? And not not throwing shade on, on Jarwin, but if you got Ferraris out there, you're gonna run them. So Jarwin, I think he'll have a, a better season, but I don't think the impact will be as 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 great. Uh, I think he'll help out in the red zone. I think McCarthy was going to utilize him big time in there. So Jarwin, I think, could be a low-key player to pick up in a fantasy football league. I think they're going to use him 
a lot better in the red zone than Jason Garrett didn't use him, <laughs> if that makes any sense. I, I think I, I like Jarwin here because it's a mismatch, right? If, if you're going to go five wide and you got, you know, the, the three wide receivers we always talk about, you put Jarwin out in the stretch in the seam, right? Match him up with a linebacker because a safety is going to have to go get C.D. Lamb because there's no way a linebacker can go get C.D. Lamb. So you're going to have Jarwin versus a lot of linebackers in this league, which linebackers are stronger, faster. You know, I mean, look at Jalen Smith. I mean, that guy can – he can cover a tight end well, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think if you got the right linebacker against Jarwin, I think Jarwin's routability and height and catch radius, I think it makes him – win a lot of those battles. So I I will say top 15. <laughs> He'll be in the middle of the pack. He'll be somewhere between 10 and 15, though. I will say that. Yeah. I think that's a good number for him, you know, considering. Um, tall order, though. You know, we're just so stacked on offense. And that's that's a great problem to have, actually. <laughs> you know, Very what I mean? good problem. Yeah, it's a great problem to have. Yeah, this is a this is a great and probably a, an overlooked stat line, but uh, something to talk about. Greg White with our new and improved special teams, that's going to be at least three wins. Great point because we saw what our special teams has been for the last decade with Garrett. You know, opponents starting at the thirty-five yard line, forty-yard line, can't make tackles for anything. You mentioned it, Mike. We haven't had a, a somewhat decent return guy says Dwayne Harris. Dwayne Harris, bro. And you guys remember that name. That's That's been a long time. So, yeah, um, if you can improve that, yeah, man, you can get at least three wins out of that for sure. And, it, and it's upsetting because a lot of your special team players are your backups to 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 your football team. And we, ju- we were 32nd. And special teams, I wouldn't be. I, 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 every time I talk about, it, I get so mad. I wouldn't be as mad if we we're tied for thirty first, Joe. But you're dead last. <laughs> yeah. In special good. teams, and you know the the Patriots game, um, hanging on to Brett Maher for so long. Not you know you you you, you trade for Tavon uh, Austin. What's his name? Is it Tavon Austin? You trade Tavon. for Tavon Austin. Uh, to come in here, and you already know his hamstrings are already gone. That like they're they're disintegrated. He don't have any hamstrings, right? And uh, so you're betting on that. And it it's since Dwayne Harris, you know, you remember that, right? Dwayne Harris. They they never had anything, and yeah. that's sadding, right? Uh, Mark, uh, what's his oh, what was his name? He went to the 49ers. Mark. Uh, he wore 51 for us. Nazalcha? Was it Mark Nazalcha? Remember him? Oh, yeah. He, I mean, yeah. he, he was a good, uh, you know, cover cover guy on, on special teams. But, I mean, that's it. I can name two players, Dwayne ha- uh, Harris and Mark Nazalcha. That's, uh, that's it. And there's supposed to be 11 guys on there. And I can only remember two since Jason Garrett's – and Dan Bailey since Jason, and since Jason Garrett's been a, a part of this team. Yeah. So, yeah, so great point. And, and I think you get a boost there. You know, I, do they put Pollard in the mix? CeeDee Lamb, they've talked about possibly putting him in the mix. But then you draft a player like uh, Reggie Robinson, who's a, one of these guys that plays really well on special teams, blocked three 
you know, kicks in college, that's hard to do. So um, you add players like this, and it only takes a couple here and there, and it can turn the tide. You know, it can turn the tide on field position, turning over, stopping a, a kicker from, you know, converting a field goal, blocking a punt, these kinds of things. You know, it, it, the Cowboys have to they have to win in all three phases, right? You can't you can't do it without winning all three. You know, you get you got to have them. So I, I, I do like that. You know, I know that uh, Fossil kind of faded out there with uh, with the Rams over there, but you know they did get to the Super Bowl and um, they had a good squad. So uh, you know, if you can get that same type of magic here with the Cowboys. You know, I think you know you're 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 doing better already. You know, yeah. I mean, you got to make special teams. Uh, I mean, good lord, you you got to. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think that's it for tonight, guys. We usually cut this around one hour. You know, um, great questions in the chat box, everybody. Appreciate everybody that showed up tonight, and. Um, Everybody that uh, submitted questions during the conversation, we appreciate those. Lots of great questions. Mike, great job as my co-host. Um, Thank you, Jerry. We're going to cut this out here now. Mike, let everybody know where they can find you if they haven't already. Cowboys Corner right here on YouTube, underscore Cowboys Corner right there on Twitter. I'm still working on the Facebook page, guys, so bear with me. But you could leave a comment here on YouTube. You can go – uh, mention me or slide in the DMs and have a conversation there. And uh, thank you guys for listening uh, to the Frisco Report. Make sure you follow uh, us on Twitter at the Frisco Report and go to the FriscoReport.com. Joe, where can they find you? Yeah, you guys can find me on YouTube as well, Cowboys Blog, and you can find me on Twitter, Cowboys Blog Net, and Cowboys Blog on Instagram if you want to see some of my personal crazy life outside of blogging and vlogging cowboys hit me up there but uh appreciate every single one of you guys don't forget to hit like on this video before you cut out we do appreciate you guys we'll catch you guys next tuesday for another hour of the frisco report peace everybody